Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. I'm David Luzader, and I'm coming at you on a Saturday morning for, you know, there's no more Saturday morning cartoons, so I thought I would fill in in that front. Uh, If you're wondering why you're only hearing my voice and Nick is not here, it is because the stars just didn't align, uh, or he's dead in a ditch. I'm not 100% sure. Either way, Nick is not here this week. No, really, uh, he and I work in, I don't know how much he wants me to reveal on this, so we work in very retail-heavy positions, and with Black Friday and other such things, uh, he just was not able to, to really get any sleep or to read anything, so we just deemed it better uh, that he kind of take the week off, and I didn't want to have to skip another week. So here I am, and I have tried this before. People who have listened know that I recorded an episode that never saw the light of day. I'm going to go ahead and change that with this one. We're going to get this one right up as soon as we're done recording here. Now, this will be a much shorter episode since it's just me talking and there's nobody reacting to the things I say. So, you know, just enjoy this. It's a little light edition, but there was just so much news to talk about that it, it felt wrong to skip another week and then have to jam that into next week along with whatever else comes out over the next few days. But before I get into any of the big news, I'm going to talk a little bit about the stuff that I've been reading, more actually what I've been getting caught up on. Because there wasn't really anything the past couple weeks that came out that really stands out to me. Like, oh man, I really need to talk about this. Uh, Tooth and Claw number two came out, which I'm very excited about that. You need to go ahead and uh, be reading Tooth Tooth and Claw if you haven't. But actually, it's not called Tooth and Claw. That's my bad anymore. It is called The Autumn Lands. So those who went to go pick up, you know, number two, you would have noticed the name change. Uh, if you're looking actually to pick up the number one on the reprint, you'll see the name change there. That is because a, another image book uh, from the past, far from the past, from the looks of it, was also called Tooth and Claw. Uh, so, oops. And uh, they just went ahead and renamed it, which is fine by me. It's same quality book, same great art. Still only two ninety nine. It is a bargain out there for what you're getting. Let me tell you what. Anyway, I took the time over the last couple of weeks to get caught up on East of West. I think Nick and I have talked a little bit about the fact that I was way behind or whatever. I don't know if we've really talked about the book too much on the show, but I went ahead and got caught up, and I have to say... Uh, I'm kind of glad that I waited to read so much of it at once because it's not a bad book. It's There's just so much going on. It's so dense, and there's so many characters, and each issue you know, is jumping around from character to character, and, and they're really weaving this bigger story that I can appreciate. But it wasn't until I waited and read several issues at once that I was able to really see that I feel like if I read it, month to month that I would forget some of these nuanced things that happen, some of the smaller stuff. And, you know, it would, it would kind of be 
uh, a little disorienting. I'd be like, wait a minute, why is this guy doing this? Who is this person? But instead, I was able to track with things very well. For those who don't know East of West, it's a monthly comic that is published by Image, uh, written by Jonathan Hickman, and uh, the art is done by Nick Dracota. I have to say that if this book is worth it um, for anything, it's really the art. The art in this book is fantastic. If you are a fan of sci-fi westerns, this is definitely a book for you. Uh, if you're also a fan of great art and a good story, it's also a good book. But just know that uh, there's a lot going on that it, you're probably this is probably a book that's okay to pick up in trades because it reads really well in uh, these bigger doses versus the the month to month because like I said, you'll feel like you're probably getting a little bit lost like I felt. Now, I, I kind of wish Nick was here because this is a very interesting book. Uh, it, 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 it focuses around the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, sort of, but also this dystopian version of the United States that has these very bizarre borders as if before you know the Civil War, we just went ahead and divided everything up. So you have like the South and the North, you have... Uh, you know, the the Wild West still sort of exists. You have, uh, the you know, the, this nation that's run entirely by freed slaves. Uh, it, and you have like, a, you know, you have a section of it that is entirely run by the, you know, like the Asian workers that came out here. So it's just very diverse in just these little sections of the country. Uh, and it'd be kind of confusing to get the geography in your mind. So... I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of wish I had a map with me at all times when I was reading it, you know, just so I'm like, okay, they're talking about this person, where are they coming from? I'm not really sure also what year exactly it's supposed to be, but I mean, you have the four horsemen of the apocalypse rolling around, so obviously they're taking some liberties. <laughs> they're taking a lot of liberties with a lot of things, which is perfectly fine. It's great in that respect. It's, it's an enjoyable book, but it's dense. A whole lot going on. Another series I'm getting caught up on, and I'm not fully cut up on it yet, but I want to talk about it a little bit, is Fables. I don't know if I've ever mentioned Fables on the show before. I know my last recommendation for the last time we did an episode, I recommended The Wolf Among Us, which is the Fables video game that came out. And that really sparked me into wanting to, again, read the series. I have read up through, I think, volume 12, which is also where I'm currently back on, um, I was reading them as the trades came out for a bit and then kind of meandered on that, financial reasons, whatever. Uh, now I have purchased up through about 19, so I decided to dive back in. There's a lot more for me to read, and uh, it's, it's ending soon, for those unaware. Issue 150 will be the last. I believe 146 just came out. Uh, so now that it's going to be done, I would like to read the whole thing. Um, I've always been you know i've always really liked fables from kind of the very first page situation it is created by bill willingham and the primary artist is mark buckingham however they they switch artists a lot for some side stories i imagine it's because maybe you know mark has to take a a, a month off to catch up on art um but his art really does it, it really is iconic in the series um, it just wouldn't be the same if they were switching off artists all the time. And I've really found that some of the artists that they get for their cover weeks or the, yeah, the cover months, uh, 
really just didn't stand up in quality. In fact, there are some times when I feel like some of the art is just not that good. There's this issue that tells the story of Boy Blue just before he leaves the homelands. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Fables... Uh, and I'm going to talk more about it in depth in a future date when I get closer to the end or when I actually get to the end of it. Uh, for those who don't know, Fables is about all these storybook characters that we know, you know, uh, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Prince Charming, the Big Bad Wolf, uh, all you know, all these Pinocchio, all these great characters that exist in these stories actually exist in in their own worlds and then this uh somebody called the adversary rises up and starts conquering all of these different worlds of that all these different fables inhabit and so they run from him and end up in our world they call it the mundane world uh it's a great book absolutely great it's a classic it's sort of up there with sandman in that uh in that way I, I hear that it gets a little rocky, and I've read a couple parts that are a little rocky, because um, kind of the point that I'm at, and I've read up to this point before, feels like a little bit of a natural ending, like they could have wrapped some stuff up pretty pretty quickly, but it goes on for another 10 trades, so you know, I'm not even to issue 100 yet, and there's still there's going to be 150, but it's it's still good stuff. I would say there's more hits than there are misses. That being said, uh, I was talking about the art. So there's this issue where Boy Blue is talking about his last uh, his last fight in the homelands before he flees. And the person who did the art on it decided that everybody is going to be incredibly buff and incredibly like chiseled and detailed, even people who aren't like fighting. And it's just, it, I don't know, I don't like that physique on every single character. It just doesn't feel natural. It's like, you know, they, they all have, like, the 26-pack and, like, you know, great definition in the arms and the legs. And it's like, that's just not true. Not everybody's going to look like that. Yes, I get, like, a bunch of them are at war, but even you have, like, a character who, like, just appeared out of nowhere who was not leading a life of battle would not have that look. Like, you know, it might be thin. That's fine. But they're not going to have that look of, like, oh, I work out six hours a day, bruh. It was just it's just jarring art for me, and I wasn't a big fan, especially of that issue. But all in all, uh, Mark Buckingham's great artist really pulls things off. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot that I, I really want to say right now as I'm getting caught up. Uh, it's 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 got some really great characters that I think are incredibly iconic. Bigby, who is the the former Big Bad Wolf, not a spoiler. You find that out pretty soon. Uh, it's absolutely one of my favorite characters. I don't know if I said that when I was talking about the Wolf Among Us, but reading this really confirms just how awesome he is. Uh, and and I kind of got a love in this second read-through for some characters that I kind of dismissed on the first time, or I don't remember loving as much that I think has cemented so much more for me, uh, which, you know, Boy Blue is really one of those characters. I'm liking Rose Red a lot more. Uh, for those who don't know, Rose Red is sleeping or is Snow White's sister in the actual stories, and she plays a pretty big role in the comic, and I really really enjoy her in this. Uh, I I also really love how clever this book is in some of the way they handle the the stories. Uh, like you have this character Jack who is called Jack of the Tales, who 
uh, was, you know, Jack that climbed the beanstalk and slayed the giant. Um, he's also, I believe he's mentioned to be Jack Frost at some point. Basically, whenever you have these characters in stories named Jack who don't really have names, it's presumed, or who don't have last names, it's presumed to be this guy, uh, this Jack. You know, he, uh, Jack jumped over the Gandalstick, I think, is one of them. I think they mentioned that was him. Uh, I mean, whether or not that's a joke, hey, that could totally be a thing that happened. The the cow that jumped over a moon is a character at one point. Um, yeah, great book. I'll talk about it more in the future, uh, probably when it's either finished or when I get close to the end and whether or not uh, I cried, which I, I probably won't, but I would love if they can make me cry. Wouldn't that be great? You know, the emotional connections paid off in that way. Anyway. Let's talk a little bit about the Arrow and Flash crossover that happened. For those who are not watching uh, Arrow and the Flash, what is wrong with you? What are you doing with your life? And I get that shows like that aren't for everyone. But this last week, uh, on Tuesday, they did the Flash in which you had uh, Oliver Queen, Felicity Smoke, and Diggle come to Central City. And then the next night, you had an episode of Arrow in which you had... uh, Barry Allen, I'm trying to remember, Cisco and uh, Caitlin Snow come to uh, Starling City. And it was just, it was great. It was absolutely great. Uh, You really got to see the differences in these shows when they're so closely put together. When you have, you know, obviously when you have the main characters going from one show to the next... You really get to see the differences in tone, in in the visuals, um, and it, you know it, it really it really showed me how much Flash has done its own thing already. You know, it's only it's only eight episodes in, but they have managed to create uh, their own thing. They're not just piggybacking off of what they did with Arrow to make that work, because you know when you have Stephen Qu- or. <laughs> Oliver Queen, Stephen Amell, Oliver Queen. When you have him there in Central City and just everything is bright and sunny and he just actually feels a little bit out of place, uh, which was great. And then you have Barry Allen come over to Starling City and see how the arrow works in his own thing, in his own city, uh, and kind of react to the, the brutality that he hasn't seen before. Just really shows what they've done. Uh, and... Th- they, you know, this is this is their cornerstone for the TV universe, and they want to build a Justice League off of this, which I'm totally for. And so you have these two characters. You have the one with superpowers, the one without. So you have your Batman and your Superman. And as far as that dichotomy goes, they've really nailed it. You have the superhero who inspires people, who, you know, he's, he's out in the daylight saving people and doing stuff um he's out in the open obviously he's not seen as much and in this last episode he gets sort of branded a little bit as a criminal and so you have uh the police actually creating a task force to go after him which is fine that's all well and good um it makes sense creates some extra conflict because you know barry allen works for the police force now he's got to help hunt himself down uh and you know he's still in love with iris who's still dating eddie who's kind of heading up this eddie thon for those who are unaware who is heading up this task force now 
And where was I going with this rambling side note? Uh, right. So Starling, uh, Central City, everything is bright and sunny. And then you go to Starling where everything is dark and you have you know, the more brooding hero who went through hell, who has all this training and experience and can't rely just on, his, on the, the natural talents of his superpowers. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's your Batman there. And when they, you know, when they come face to face and Mary Allen sees Oliver Queen torture someone to get information and he just freaks out because that's not the way that he thinks things are supposed to be done or that's not how he does things because he just, you know, runs at them <laughs> essentially. I mean, Superman just basically punches stuff really hard, right? So you have Barry Allen run at stuff really fast to solve the problem is what it comes down to. And... Uh, you know, you have someone who doesn't have superpowers who's going up against these brutes and he has to be more uh, vicious, more brutal. And they handle the reaction really well. So I'm really excited as they bring other people on. You know, they've created this friendship between the two that is built on mutual respect, but it's also an understanding that your methods are not my methods. And you wish that, you know, you, you really get the sense that Oliver Queen wishes he could be Barry in a way but he knows that he can't that's just not in the cards for him and so he has to do these things and he has to stand his ground with Barry uh who who is going to come at him and be like no I don't you know I don't you know you need to do things differently you need to be this bright shining star but that's not you know that's not Starling City slash Gotham that's just not what it is it's not a, a place where he can run in the daylight and be free uh, I'm also really excited for the upcoming episodes. Uh, next, uh, they're going to be the mid-season finales, which is apparently a big thing now. But next week on on the Flash, you're going to have the revelation of the Reverse Flash, uh, which I don't think we're going to see who he is. But it's not Henry Wells. Uh, I say that particularly for one person who I know is listening, uh, and he'll know that I'm speaking directly to him because it's not going to be Wells. Um, I, you know, I have my money that it's going to be Grodd, if we're going to be perfectly honest, just the giant gorilla in a yellow suit. No, but I'm excited to see how they handle that. Wow, what the, like all the previews show him kind of blurry, you know, like he's staying purposefully out of the spotlight. I don't actually think it's going to be Eddie Thon. Um, I'm really curious to see what they do, how they handle it. Uh, oh, also another great thing about the crossover. Um, was how much, you know, just little jokes they made about the DC universe. I mean, they don't call, uh, you know, they don't call Green Arrow or Arrow or whatever, like Batman, but Cisco, when he's there, is asking to see the Arrow Cave and wants to know if there's an Arrow Mobile. Um, and uh, Detective Lance on Arrow accidentally calls Barry Bart Allen, which, I mean, fun little nod, great stuff. Uh, also, this crossover revealed how great Cisco is to me. He, uh, I think I've mentioned on before on the show that I think he's he's funny, but man, he was fantastic in both episodes. Just these little one-liners were absolutely great, uh, and they've actually done a pretty good job with the side characters on these shows of actually developing them to have personalities and struggles rather than just. You know, being like, oh, and here's 
you know, here's Flash's superhero team, like, or not superhero team, but like just his team that's there and supports him. It's like, these are people who have actual desires and who have done things that are, you know, they're not perfect. They failed in some ways. Um, it's just really well done. Uh, next week on Flash, we also get to see Firestorm a little bit more. For those who watched the crossover at the end of the Flash, we had our first view at Firestorm. It was real quick. Can't really speak to it. Uh, but I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with that, how they're going to jump off, um, how they're going to bring Firestorm to the television shows, the television universe, because that's a character I feel like we're not really going to see in the movies. I, I would like us to, but at least in the slate that's been introduced so far, it doesn't seem like he's going to be in there. And so for him to get uh, uh, to get on TV and get some play is going to be really fun. Uh, and next week on uh, on Arrow... You have Oliver Queen going up against uh, Raish Al Ghul uh, in a you know one-on-one sword fight. I am so pumped for this. It's so like Batman-esque, uh, and I don't care. I'm all in. You know that that just solidifies that he is he is the Batman of this universe, uh, and it's working for him. They've they've pulled it off pretty well. Uh, anyway, moving on. We're not going to do an event update because. We're a little off on our schedule. Things are a little crazy. Plus, I don't want to do that without Nick here. We're not going to do a quiz because, come on, that would be too easy. I would probably get all the answers. So, let's get on to some news. Lots of big casting news came out this week. Uh, You have the Suicide Squad cast. You have Doctor Strange has been cast. There's rumors about Jessica Jones. So we're just going to jump into it. The first one we're going to go with is the Suicide Squad cast, uh, which was revealed earlier this week. Um, I have said on the show that I thought it was bizarre they were going with the Suicide Squad property before all of these different... You know, superheroes. Like we're gonna get introduced to some villains before we get introduced to some heroes. Uh, but now looking at the cast, I'm actually really excited for it. So here we go. Uh, here's the cast uh, that we know so far. You have Jared Leto as the Joker, Will Smith as Deadshot, Tom Hardy as Rick Flag, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Jay Courtney as Boomerang. And Kara uh, Delevingne as Enchantress. Uh, this is a movie that is being directed by David Ayer, uh, who has described it as Dirty Dozen uh, with supervillains. Um, they have not yet cast Amanda Waller, but I know the shortlist that they've said uh, include Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer, and Oprah Winfrey which, oh man, please can we get Oprah Winfrey in a superhero movie. But anyway, let's talk about this cast a little bit. Um, not going to jump off right and talk about the Joker just yet. Uh, I, you know, you got you got some really big names in this movie. You've got Jared Leto, Will Smith, Tom Hardy, um, Jay Courtney, who I don't know who his manager is sleeping with, but they are getting him in everything right now. Currently in the uh, the series, young adult novels about uh, stupid post-apocalyptic, everybody only fits into one of these groups. Uh, Insurgent, that's what it's called. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Margot Robbie coming off of The Wolf of Wall Street. 
Tom Hardy, whose star has been on the rise, who starred in The Dark Knight Rises, which I think is really interesting. Uh, obviously, we know that these are these are separate universes from that, but I didn't think they were going to cast somebody from the Nolan Batman universe so quickly into a new role. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I really like Tom Hardy. Apparently, the character is supposed to kind of be the leader. Um, he's this rough-and-tumble ex-army guy turned criminal sort of thing from what I can understand. Uh, he's an older character. I don't think he gets much play these days. Will Smith's all well and good. He's you know one of the big names to draw people in, and he adds diversity to the cast. Makes perfect sense. Um, I just don't want this to be the Deadshot movie, which I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I think they're going to handle the ensemble part of it really well. Um, but I could see, I could see, easily see it being like, oh, Will Smith's kind of our biggest name, uh, you know, next to Jared Leto, who Jared Leto has done some fantastic things. Do not get me wrong on that. I think Jared Leto is a f- fine actor. He's a great actor. But as far as star power goes, really that goes to Will Smith. Um Margot Robbie, I think, actually is going to have the look of Harley Quinn down pretty well. Uh, I just hope they don't go the super slutty version that's been in the comics for the last few years. I would like her to be closer to her original uh, incarnation where, you know, just I'm talking about like in style wise. I just don't want her to be just wearing like the corset and... you know, like little tight pants around because as much as everybody would love that, you know, that's great. If you want to get your fix on Margot Robbie, go watch Wolf of Wall Street, kids. Um, But just, it would be great if the character was more than just the eye candy. If, you know, it was more about who she is personality-wise than who she is looks-wise. Now, the Joker. I was talking to somebody and they thought, you know, they kind of raised the point that was like, man, it sucks that we're getting the Joker in a not-Batman movie. Which I understand. You know, it's a little weird to have this character who is so associated with the Batman to be introduced somewhere that doesn't feature the Batman, as far as we know. Um, He might have a brief appearance, you know. Uh, But my response to that is... There have been movies so far. There have been two Batman movies that are primarily introducing the Joker and are all about Batman fighting the Joker. So it's kind of nice to have him show up somewhere else for us to get introduced to him and know him before he's going to go toe-to-toe with Batman. Um, so that way we're not wasting this time of like, oh, who is he? We got to learn about him. It's like, nope, we can just throw it in and have the two going off one another. Uh, it's, you know, it's a nice break for, for movie audiences to not have to expect, okay, when I go see a Batman movie, it's just going to be Batman and the Joker again. We've done this twice. We've done it a million times in the comics. Great. Uh, I think it's, I think it's going to work out, um, Sorry, just reading a couple things on the article here. Uh, it it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see as stuff comes out. You know, I'm kind of back on the hype train. Not to say that I wasn't on the hype train, but I was a little bit cautious. You know, like why are we doing this before we do superhero movies? Uh, but I'm I'm really curious, especially with such a high profile movie, uh, with such a high profile cast, what they're gonna do with this. Moving right along to uh, another casting. 
Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be playing Doctor Strange in the upcoming 2016 movie. Um, I don't, I don't know if I expressed it here, but my thoughts, I know that I've said to Nick before, is that I always thought Benedict Cumberbatch would be the safe choice for this role. He's got star power right now. Everybody's going crazy about him. Uh, Tumblr pretty much uh, exists solely to talk about Benedict Cumberbatch, as far as I know. Um, and I don't think it is the best choice. It's uh, you know he's gonna do a fine job. He's gonna be he's gonna be absolutely fine as Doctor Strange. Uh, however, I you know I've always viewed Doctor Strange as this older character, as um, somebody who has uh, has kind of been this mentor to the Marvel universe. You know he's got gray on his temples. He's a little bit wiser than everyone else. He's he's there with advice uh, and wisdom as well as to kick some ass because he's awesome. And I feel like, you know, they were kind of setting that up because they mentioned Stephen Strange in Iron Man 3, you know, when they were, or not Iron Man 3, Captain America 2. Ah, There's just so many of them now. When uh, they're talking, you know, the guy's talking about, we have a list of people that we have to take out because they're going to be opponents to Hydra, essentially. And Dr. Stephen Strange is one of them. Um, and so I thought, you know, okay, Stephen Strange has been around for a bit. He's going to be this older guy. That's totally awesome. I'm totally in. And not to say that Ben Cumberbatch is like 22, but he's definitely younger. You know, he's, he's not, I imagine Ben Ben Cumberbatch, I imagined, uh, Dr. Strange being like his fifties. Um, so it's gonna, you know, it's going to be, it's probably going to be good. Uh, I might be eating these words, you know, when we when we see the film. I'm still excited. I like that they've got a director who's got a little bit of a horror background, uh, who's a little bit unknown. But I had just wished that they went with something a little more daring, a little more out of the box. Um, it just he doesn't scream Doctor Strange to me uh, in the same way that you know Robert Downey Jr and Chris Hemsworth and uh, Chris Evans all screamed. Like, when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, that's their characters for sure. I can see it. Uh, just doesn't doesn't say that to me. <sighs> but, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We also have rumors of uh, Kristen Ritter being cast as Jessica Jones. I said a few weeks ago that I like Kristen Ritter a lot, but I don't think she had the visual look. So apparently I am just wrong on every account. Uh, this has not yet been confirmed, but apparently she read best opposite uh, the actor who's going to be playing Luke Cage. If that's the case, I mean, not, I, I don't think that she couldn't pull it off. I just didn't think that she had the look. You know, she's super skinny. I just didn't think that she had the look of Jessica Jones, who uh, is not known for being like rail thin, you know. Uh, but I, I would, I'm still gonna watch this series, you know, day one when it's on Netflix. Uh, so I don't really have a lot to say on that because it's just a rumor. But I just want to say that I'm gonna stop trying to make casting choices um, because I'm just gonna be wrong on everything. 
Uh, moving on to the Fantastic Four movie summary that we now have gotten for Josh Trank's upcoming Fantastic Four. Uh, there, uh, yeah, so here's what it says. The Fantastic Four, a contemporary reimagining of Marvel's original and longest-running superhero team, centers on four young outsiders who teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe, which alters their physical form in shocking ways. Their lives irrevocably upended, the team must learn to harness their daunting new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend-turned-enemy. So pretty standard fare for a Fantastic Four movie. Um... I kind of wish we'd gotten a little bit more because this is this is essentially they're saying they're telling us yep we're making a fantastic four movie all over again um we talked a little bit about the weird changes they're making to dr doom this this origin is a lot closer to uh the ultimate origin of fantastic four which i actually enjoyed ultimate fantastic four um to be perfectly honest i i I only read the first few storylines but from what i read I thoroughly enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I'm curious to see what they're going to do with this. It's okay. I, I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm a little curious about the whole four young outsiders thing. Uh, I don't really get why they all need to be outsiders. You know, it was supposed to be like you had this team of four very different people who've come together. I mean, are they all going to be scientists? That doesn't really fit in with the the uh, the Ben Grimm character who well, I mean from the uh, from the way of Ultimate, like he was kind of like this jock character who kind of got roped along with his friend Reed Richards. Um I I really want to be excited about this movie. This the more I hear the more I'm 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 skeptical and this this summary hasn't changed that has made me more skeptical I'm, I'm fine with it being an alternate universe rather than cosmic rays from the you know from the space um i think that i don't want to say it's more believable but it's more attainable if you're going to go with a younger cast uh what was i gonna say about that um oh yeah so the, this movie summary hasn't changed uh hasn't, hasn't made me more skeptical in any way it just it it's not Nothing they said in this was surprising or shocking. I'm curious by the word outsiders, uh, but I assume we'll probably you know get a trailer before too long. When is this movie supposed to come out again? It's just 2015, right? I don't know if we actually have a release date yet. Okay, August 7th. So yeah, we got to start seeing uh, some some new stuff come out about this soon. I would hope. Uh, other casting news. I mean. James Bond cast, right? How awesome does that look? Uh, man, of all the stuff I want to talk about that does not fit into this show, it is the James Bond cast and the Star Wars trailer. Both things are super awesome. Go watch the Star Wars trailer. Anyway, what else we got? What else? Uh, Slade Wilson is set to return in Arrow episode 14 of the third season. Uh, in what capacity, we're not sure. For those who saw the crossover, there was a reveal at the end that Captain Boomerang has been put in prison alongside Slade Wilson, who was put in a special prison uh, at the end of Season 2 on Lian Yu, uh, which kind of breaks the theory that I had, uh, which was that all the supervillains for the last... Or for the, for, um, 
like the main villain for season two, season three, season four, we're all going to get put on the island and then come back in season five. Obviously, they've changed that a bit. Maybe there's some more cells there uh, on the island. But anyway, um, I, I, I bet it's going to be something like Oliver Queen goes to visit uh, Slade, you know, for whatever reason, because they've got some weird uh, bromance that he doesn't quite know how to quit. I'm excited for it. I really enjoy Manu Bennett and hope that we get plenty of him more in the future. He's a great, great uh, Slade Wilson. So last bit of news we're going to talk about here uh, is that Comics Plus has announced... Uh, it's, it's a comic reader app. They have announced uh, that they are going to start allowing users to rent graphic novels. Um, so for a buck ninety-nine, you can rent a graphic novel for 24 hours, $2.99, 48 and $3.99 for 120 hours. So... What that means is, you know, you say to yourself, I really, you know, I've never read Invincible. I'd really like to see if Invincible is any good. I don't want to pay, you know, the full price for the first volume. So this gives you an alternative where you can go rent it for a buck ninety nine over the next day. You can read it, check it out. If you like it, go buy it, or you can just continue to rent it because. You know, if you're like me, you're running out of shelf space rather quickly. Or, you know, there's some series that you enjoy, but it's like, hey, you know, I don't need to own this to come back to again and again. I can just read it once and like to move on. Um, now, obviously, I I, um, I don't think Invincible is going to be on there just yet. The, the three, uh, the first three publishers to jump on this are Archie Comics, IDW, and Valiant Entertainment, uh, which those are some big ones. IDW and and Valiant especially uh, have a lot of big stuff like Lock and Key. You know, you can go out and check out Lock and Key without having to spend a whole bunch of money. For those who missed the Humble Bundle, you fools. Um, and I imagine that we'll see. I imagine this will be successful. I don't see how it couldn't. And I we'll see a couple other developers trickle in on this. I think it'll be a while before the big two jump in, uh, or they'll choose to offer their own service, uh, which I think will be just fine as well. Uh, it's just as long because I mean, we we already have um, Marvel Unlimited, which I would totally get if my to read pile wasn't still growing. So once I get through that. And then I read all the uh, Valiant Entertainment stuff I bought on the Humble Bundle. Then I'll go ahead and uh, get Marvel Unlimited and finally read Superior Spider-Man. Anyway, that about wraps, up, wraps it up to the show. I'm going to give a little recommendation before heading out. Uh, my recommendation is that everyone goes and watches Constantine. Uh, Constantine is the series on NBC with Matt Ryan as the titular character. I think the series has been pretty good, getting better as it's gone along. Uh, it's only going to get 13 episodes in this first season. They announced that they're going to cease production after 13 episodes. They're not going to order the back nine. Um, but there's still the chance that it could get a season two, and ratings have begun to crawl, began to crawl up a little bit. So in these last few episodes, join the push, join the team, go, uh, go ahead and start watching it now. Um, for those who don't know, John Constantine is a paranormal, you know, 
detective sort of he's a a con man who ends up doing good uh but not in a way that good guys would necessarily approve of it is a great show it's better than you probably think it is for all of you haters out there and matt ryan is a fantastic john constantine so that's going to wrap us up for this week much shorter episode but hey i mean you only got one of us talking how long can i really go on uh if you want to know more about us head on over to heckyacomics.com send us an email at heckyacomics at gmail.com follow us on twitter at heckyacomics uh you can follow me on twitter at davluz uh you can not find nick anywhere because this episode just proves that he has been a figment of my imagination and uh Remember, if you enjoyed the show, please tell your friends. And if you hated it, then please tell your enemies. Until next week, everybody, goodbye. Worst episode ever.